All right, here we are with Corey Sound God, <laughs> and we are recording a test podcast here, seeing what's up. Corey, what's up, man? Do you have any questions for me here? I do. All right. My main go. question is, um, what is isness? <laughs> what is isness, man? What is isness? Mm -hmm. Explain that to everybody. Isness. Well, it sounds like a state of being. It sounds like uh, being in the moment and not letting other thoughts and concerns consume you so that you pass through time without any sense of awareness. Uh, isness is just just being, which is the state that you want to be in. That would be my best guess. I think that's a good answer. And it's not only being in the moment, it's also being the moment. Because, you know, whenever you can get the, the light of consciousness to uh, detach associating the light of consciousness with your actual body, then your body just melts into the surroundings around you and you can really start to feel that distinction. So not only are you there in space and time with that moment, but you also melt into all the physicality around you. And that adds this, this contrast to your, like, uh, the light of your, your consciousness and allows you to start making that distinction. And wherever you can make that distinction, then you start realizing that there's no difference between you and everyone else and everything else. And it's like, that's like a good Alan Watts quote is yeah. he says that, you know, that like your, it's the nature of being is that your backyard, you know, and your neighbor's backyard is the same piece of land. The thing that separates those two things is a fence, but it's the same, still the same piece of land. And that's how, you know, being and all things are connected. It's like we put up these walls and anything that, it, just because it's outside of our skin, people think that it's not us. We're not connected. Well, because the reason. connection is made in a dimension that we're not usually aware of. That's right. That's you know, right. So the, the dimension that we're all connected is something that people are not either taught nor trained nor skilled enough to see in a general level. But yeah. if you go, as soon as you transcend that you know, meekest of third dimensions out to the other dimensions, you see that very clearly. That's right. And everything in our daily lives is actually, you know, it's all they're trying so hard to pull us out of that reality to like crush our chakras yeah. into these tiny yeah. rotten little balls of just nothingness, man. And it's this, this sick fucking system where they go, okay, you know, there's all these desperate people out here that have no idea about, you know, spirituality or energy or being or any of the, or even consciousness. But they can consume. They, they can fucking consume. And so they go, it's this horrible thing where they go, okay, let's give a celebrity a bunch of free swag like a mercedes you know a couple of mercedes and some watches or whatever right. and these people are wandering around you know just um you know lost and they see that is measured like materialism is measured as success here so you mm -hmm. see someone with material things and they think that their life is good because of the illusion well of sometimes quality. i mean it's it's an issue again of correlation and causation you know i mean a lot of times uh money does attend success you know i mean well, joe rogan has money and he's also <laughs> successful. Well, you know yeah. what I mean. But it's not—it's not the causal effect. You know, it's not like doesn't mean that because you have money that you were successful. You know, well, I absolutely. Think I think that's the thing. But people fail to make that distinction so often between you know this correlation and then uh, and then a kind of a causation. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and the the evil part about it is that the corporations know that and they go, okay, yeah. you know, you don't feel good. Well, look how good <coughs> this person feels that you don't really know. Well, look at what they have. If you have that, you can feel good and feel like them too. So someone goes and, you know, they've got three kids and they've got a, like a mortgage they can't afford, but they go get a Mercedes or a, 
you know, a, some nice car or something uh-huh. like that because they're thinking that that thing, they see this person being happy and they think that they're going to be happy if they have that. And of course, it's just sucking the life out of them. It's yeah. not the. It's, it's not. So, the, it's so funny to watch that cycle. I mean, I, I know somebody who continually buys cars. I mean, he goes through an insane amount of cars, and each car he thinks is going to make him happier, yeah. but it doesn't. Oh, of course it doesn't. Not, man. You know, I mean, it can't. There's that's just not what he's going for. Yeah, you know? and and really, you know, yeah, the corporations are bad. But you know, when people say talk about the corporations, it's almost like. Someone saying like, yeah, those fucking great white sharks, they, they eat, <laughs> yeah. you know, they bite and they fucking eat those fucking sharks. That's what they are. Of course. And they're, they're designed as, you know, greed machines, you know. Yeah. And so to get mad at them for what they are, you can't. You just have to. And again, and, and that's also in my kind of Occupy Wall Street kind of philosophy is they're Yeah, they're mad at Wall Street, but Wall Street is Wall Street. It's going to do of what course. it's got to do. The problem is, is the government bailing them out. The problem with these mm-hmm. corporations like Monsanto is the government giving them a fucking hand. Yeah. You know, and being like, oh, yeah, here, sure, that's <laughs> fucking fine. Yeah. You know, there needs to be checks and balances. There needs to be nets for the people swimming so that the sharks don't fucking eat them. And that's, the corporations are the sharks. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is like they are sharks and that's their nature. You know, and, and the reason I bring it up about the corporations, you know, just it's that's just an example because, like, if you don't know that a shark is bad and you go swimming, yeah. you're gonna get eaten really yeah. quick. Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's a waste of time to sit around going, oh, fuck those politicians or those sharks or those. I know, I still whatevers. think you can say, fuck the politicians. You can, <laughs> I mean, you sure I mean, you can, but well, what's the that's not like, you know, I mean, the way I look at it, man, is that, you know, there's so many things around all of us every day trying to make us angry and feel aggressive and feel judgmental and if you can extricate that from your daily life man you're gonna be walking a real path you know a real beautiful path just hopping in that river of Taoism, man yeah no i I think you're right there's some kind of practical element to not carrying that anger but at the same time i mean corporations are designed to earn money right sure they're designed politicians are designed to serve the better good of society (laughs) well you know one is executing on its charge yeah. The other is not. And that's why I don't give the politicians any fucking slack. Those fucking yeah. crooks, you know, they're just out there for themselves. They've lost their sacred charge, which was to care for and take care of humanity. Whereas the corporations, they're just doing what the fuck they were designed yeah. for at the same time. But the corporations that I do cast, you know, quite a bit of blame for are the ones that, you know, are intentionally, you know, doing things. <clears throat> that they know they they shouldn't do for humanity's sake, you know. Yeah. And, and some of those, some of the worst offenders for thousands of years have been the churches. Oh, of course. You know, those corporations <laughs> yeah. have been, you know, the greediest, the most power hungry, the most savage out of any of them. But do you think that all, all the politicians and do you, do you think that their their whole their script in this theater play and their you know do, do you think that it's really like serving the good? I, I feel like it's to me and like the people I know. You know, you say, well, you know, they should be serving the good and helping the people and representing us and everything and making a more amicable society, but they're not doing that. Right. And you say they're not executing their function. But, like, I guess I, you know, years ago ceased thinking that that was their function. It's like, they're just, that's just their costume, man. That's not <laughs> actually what they're, do- what they're doing. Of course they're not doing it, but that's you know, what they should be doing. Well, it's what they should be doing, but, that's but, what they were but at what point do. do you go, you know, well, that's what they should be doing, but like a lot of people should be doing a lot of shit, and they're not. So like, don't even like. I, I guess I'm just saying, in my mind, I don't even see a place where there's like even a, even like the biggest biggest fantasy of fantasies that they could possibly ever do anything good. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so <laughs> why well, even, why the even people th- have to fucking demand it is the bottom line. I mean, we still put up with the shit and that's why that's why it exists. I mean, ultimately, you know, yeah, they can rig maybe a, a few votes here or there. Maybe they ha- they can swing 5% in a vote. You know, I'm not I don't even know. I, that's just something I think is possible. It's plausible oh, sure, that yeah. they can swing about 5%. But if the if humanity really fucking rises up and is like we are sick of this shit, you know, we're voting it for this independent dude who we really trust, you know, they will not be able to stem that tide. But people are not fed up enough. You know, they're too busy worrying about their Mercedes or their Gucci or whatever the fuck they're worried about. So they're not mad enough. And, you know, unfortunately, that's why I feel like things have to get a little worse before there's going to be change. Because even now, you know, it's still too comfortable. Ultimately, you know, Occupy Wall Street it kind of fizzled out. Why? Because eh, it's okay. Still, life's all right. Yeah. You know, you're still going to the grocery store. You're still getting food. You know, maybe your debt's not exactly where you want, but you're getting by. You know, but when things get really tough, that's when people are going to start demanding changes. Yeah. And that's why the government's freaking out and making all these NDAAs and all this other bullshit because they know that, you know, times are going to come where the people are going to rise and they're going to try and squash it, but that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like a few heads on a stick or two to get the point across, you know, and that's really, you know, like it's kind of like the Obama effect. I watched that a little bit where Mm -hmm. things were so weird with Bush in control, especially I remember like during the last year of his presidency, it was like every like three days there was a headline on CNN that was like, oh, Republican, you know, eats a Jewish baby or whatever. And it's like, oh, haha, you know, that's the newest like Republican scandal for today. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And it, it got so like comical to where it was like every couple of days there was just like, oh, this guy, you know, you know, had the, um, he was exposed and, you know, embezzling $3 billion and, you know, whatever While, it was. while sucking an intern cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, he signed the check while he was <laughs> yeah, sucking the cop. exactly. Yeah, I mean, and so it got so crazy. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we should probably roll back women's rights and stuff. You know, that's, that sounds pretty good, you know. And it was all just, it was like, what? And so, you know, it, it, got, um, it got to where, like, everything got so crazy and people started waking up. I had this interesting experience where I was standing in a coffee shop. And I was, uh-huh. like, standing there. You know, just kind of in my own head. And there was a newspaper down there that had um, uh, Bush's picture on it. Uh-huh. And I kind of just looked at it and I thought, man, that that dude is the, like, in, in this theater play, that guy is the strangest character. <laughs> yeah. He is doing so much weird shit, you know. And, and I was like, I can't kind of believe that that this is happening. It just doesn't feel real, you know. And, and uh, he's just, like, willfuling, you know, sending a lot of people to their death and you know, moving money around and doing all these things. Yeah. And there were these two farmers behind me. And I'm just, uh-huh. like, downtown here. But there were these two farmers, you know, big callous hand guys. Like, they were, you know, wearing Wranglers and stuff, not ironically, you know. And, like, there were some real yeah. farmer guys. And I heard them talking, and they look at him, and they're like, man, look at that bush, that son of a bitch. And whenever I, I was sitting there, and I thought, you know what? Whenever like a guy like me and a farmer are like having the same <laughs> political thought, shit's about to get really different. Yeah, you know that's very true. And I think that it did. It hit rock bottom, and that's like whenever Obama he had the right marketing and came through, and everyone thought, okay, you know, it's gotten so bad, let's change it now. You know, or I really felt like when Obama got elected, good defeated evil. Me too. Yeah, I me too. Really, fe- I mean, you saw McCain. And you saw this whole situation. I was like, "Good wins." Yeah, he like, was I've like, "Never sc- seen it, but good <laughs> yeah. wins before." And then what the fuck happened? Oh, man. You know, it's, it's like it, where, McCain was where'd like, you go, bro? <laughs> he was like Skeletor, man. Yeah, he <laughs> was. Man. That's every yeah. time I saw it, I was like, "Oh man, it's Skeletor." But yeah, like, oh, that's the thing. I mean, once you get in there, like, and it's got to be just 
you know, the, the amount of like old, cold, bony hands that are in there <laughs> grabbing it fucking it, it everything and every yeah. angle. It's got to take, you know, even if you are the best person and, you know, you have the best intentions, you know, that can tear you apart. It can tear anyone apart. And like with the briefings that that guy gets on a daily basis, like I couldn't deal with it. You know, I couldn't deal with it. If someone's like, hey, by the way, uh, West Africa is on fire and uh, people are starving all over the world, yeah. you know, and everyone wants to blow see, us that's up. What, see, that's what, that's what Joe says too. You know, he's like, he says, yeah, you know, we think we'd all do a better job, you know, if we were in oh, there, but, yeah. it's, but, it's, but it's so tough, you know, and the power corrupts. I understand that, but I'm, I just fucking, I know that there's a human response. Like all these fuckers are just so off center. Like if you center yourself, and think not just with your reptilian brain, but with your heart, with your third eye, with your head, aligned like a fucking human should be, yeah. like our birthright was, yeah. you know, mind, body, and soul working as one, then you can figure out the, at least the best possible solution and make good fucking decisions, you know? Yeah, but dude, didn't you know that there's this, I was, I was reading about this thing where they actually have, it's um, under the White House, it's like a couple hundred feet under, it's all concrete, and anyone that comes in there and gets a position, before they'll actually sign off the position, they, they take them down the elevator, and they actually surgically remove their heart and third eye. <laughs> <laughs> you think, And then right? there's this huge, there's this, <laughs> there's this huge shelf with all these jelly jars, man, <laughs> with like Reagan's third eye, <laughs> Bush's third eye. And you it's know. already already all just withered. Yeah, yeah. Hardly yeah, there, exactly. like an old fucking yeah. raisin by the time it's, they're yeah. 30. Like if your grandmother, like, thought she could get that prune down and she was like <laughs> chewing it up but then her, the little thing that separates oxygen to water in your throat you know whenever you swallow uh -huh. got kind of confused and she just hacked it up on the table <laughs> that was it that's the one that's what it looks like <laughs> it's funny man but you know, yeah i think it, for the people who can see energy and i've i've never been one of those i've been pretty far but i could never do it but you know like the shamans in the rainforest and sure. things like that um, those politicians must be a funny sight. Man. Know, they talk, they have the stories about the conquistadors. The name, their private name for the conquistadors were the gray ones because the, the indigenous people, you know, with their spiritual practices, they glowed like rainbow, like their chakra mm -hmm. looked like a rainbow. Yeah, but yeah. the conquistadors were just solid, That's muddled right. gray. And yeah. I don't even know what the fuck Bush would look like. Oh, man. I mean, he's, it, would he's be, it would be really it's all, interesting. It's got to be black. <laughs> it's got to be. Or translucent. It's kind of yeah, nice translucent black. It's like, holy shit, it's not a person. It, it's like if you help, if you ever pull like if you pull an eel up out of the water, it's like it's <laughs> black, but it's also kind of, you can sort, sort of see through it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's kinda, yeah that's what, man, but, you know, speaking of those people that can see, uh, you know, chakras and just kind of exist on multiple planes you yeah. know, at once. I, I feel like for you know, my practice, man, I, I've been into meditation and yoga and reading about consciousness for, you know, about 20 years, ever since I was really young, you know, mm -hmm. like I started that um, whenever I was like 12, 13, you know, I started getting into that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, I feel like to me, my uh, kind of what s someone like, uh, you know, uh, Maharaji or someone would say where they talk about, you know, existing on all these planes of consciousness at once, but other people, you tend to kind of surf these different planes. You can only do one at a time, but you'll right. kind of shift and surf. And, and that's, that's how I feel. Like, I'll, you know, one day I'll, I'll feel on sure. the, this particular plane next will be the next. But, man, you know, if you ever meet somebody that is in that, you know, that kind of transcends space and time and has just got so much light and, and uh, awareness about them that they can see shit that you can't see... And, uh, you know, this, this fellow I know that's, uh, he's in his fifties, he's, 
this ex-Black Panther dude. That, <laughs> like, oh, and there's all these weird, like, if you talk, it's, I'm such a skeptical person. Yeah. And if you talk to any of these people that have met anyone that's, you know, a complete being, you know, yeah. there's all this little, it almost like, um, it almost seems like a joke, like of the, the conveniences and the synchronicities and all those things where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was out on the boat and, you know, and uh, I was thinking about my mother, like Richard Alpert says, and, right, right, you know, right. he goes up. Now I talked to Maharaji and he said that you were on the, you were out there thinking about your mother and then yeah. I fell apart. You know, like I that's beautiful. But like for me to like really believe that someone could you know, have that type of consciousness to read minds, it's really hard to believe, you know. Um, yeah, it, so is, it is very, it is a challenge. So know? there's all those little like, and then, you know, there's so many, it's difficult. Whenever I meet a spiritual person, my default is skepticism. You know, if this is some shaman or this, I'm introduced, my default is skepticism. It's because America's think, a hall of mirrors, man. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and a, a lot of times you end up right. And then seldomly, you know, <clears throat> you end up and say, holy shit, this guy's got some power. Yeah. You know, and, and those are the cases. And what, what really defines it is the people who act spiritual and like put on that spiritual face. Oh, yeah. They're usually the ones that are charlatans. <laughs> of course, man. You know? Like Always. these guys, these shamans that, that I've met out in the rainforest and elsewhere, they're the first to laugh, the first to smile, you know, like very real, Absolutely. real people, people you would never know was a shaman, except when they start to do work. Yeah. They start to mold you know, dimensions around you and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> but yeah. to go back to how, how I envision, you know, our, ourselves aligned with the different dimensions, it's almost like we're a toothpick piercing all of the dimensions like layers in, a, in an onion. Mm -hmm. And it's actually just that we're not surfing in one or the other. It's just at certain points, our consciousness is traveling up and down that toothpick. Yeah. You know, so you're hitting, we're hitting usually third dimension. You know, that's the dot on the toothpick that we're kind of you know, that's the layer of the onion we're looking at. But we're really always all connected all the way yeah. up through, you know, through everything. Um, but the shamans can travel that a lot easier. Or all at once. They can or be all, all there at once. once. And I, just kind of, yeah. Yep, and I guess I mean, all. like my metaphor with waves is it's you that almost same type expand, of thing. You expand the dot, you know, of where your consciousness yeah, is. So yeah, it, yeah, that's it, a, yeah, totally. It encompasses totally. All, the, all the layers. And I actually was able to experience that in the, uh, when I was taking ayahuasca, you know, mm -hmm. during that. I mean, I could feel that expansion where I could still function in the, in the third dimension, you know, I could hit, I could hit a tennis ball if I needed to. Like if I was like, all right, we're going to rally here for, yeah. some, for some weird <laughs> reason. <laughs> right. You know, all right, guys, we're in the rainforest. Look at yeah. that beautiful green, <laughs> green tennis yeah, court. But we've I, got could, I could still do that, you know, so I could still operate in the third, but the way I could see and focus in, in those other dimensions was, um, was unique. So it's almost like, yeah, exactly. Like that dot was expanding. Yeah. That's to, a good, to that's a good metaphor. More, more people. Yeah, whenever I was talking about the waves, it's like that was just a, a metaphor for like I guess skipping between those different things yep. instead of like, and then sometimes you'll get stuck on like sure. level seven or sure. level one, you know, depending sure. on what yeah. you've been and up to. And with other medicines, you know, <laughs> that certainly happens. Like a certain at a certain point on a mushroom trip, you know, you're fucking stuck in five or six. Yeah. Like you can't really function in the other ones very well. Yeah, it's it's more tricky. Ayahuasca is the first where I really felt like I could kind of glow with all those. Even the iboga. You know, that was a weird, I don't even know what dimension it was. That was like just that inside my soul of some, of some, I really felt like I was just in accessed to, you know, that infinite part of myself rather than even out, outward to any other thing. I, I don't even know how to apply that to the metaphor is yeah. basically what I'm saying. It was such a unique and different experience, completely different than any other psychedelic experience, but obviously immensely powerful. So maybe perhaps, you know, like, you know, white noise is the entire frequency spectrum all at once. Yep. 
That could be it. Could man. be it. You it had could be you it. had conscious white consciousness white noise, man. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was just like it was almost like I was for that period, an you know an infinitely knowledgeable being on a very uncomfortable third dimension body at that point. Yeah, you know it was like I was just I was my god self, my best self, living and accessing in this third dimension world, which was pretty miserable at the time. I mean I couldn't I couldn't drink. I was nauseous. Yeah. I was, you know, my body felt like it was being pressed by a pancake and I was stuck in a high voltage shed. You I hate know? that feeling. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, man, the truth, the truth that was riding on my shoulder, I mean, that was a fucking experience like no other. Yeah. You know, like, man, even thinking about it now, it was just such a pleasure. You know, man, such a pleasure to, to me, access that. It, found, it sounds like uh, if you're like driving a little, you know, like a little Honda, like an 89 Honda or something, and you're on a racetrack with a bunch of other race cars, and all of a sudden you're keeping up with them, but your, your vehicle is still this Honda, and you're like, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. it's rattling, yeah. it's going to fall apart, and yeah. it's, it's redlining, but I'm still going 200 <laughs> miles an hour, so I don't know how I'm doing it, but that's I'm here. It, man. It's like it. the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely Yeah, right. but it's, it's funny how, like, uh, those little, those little, like, flash bombs of, of, I don't know, it's, it's almost like magic or something you can you know where you can have those type of realities no type of consciousness shifts and then once you have enough of those you go you realize that's all here all the time yeah you know it's always here yep and whenever you think about you know you start getting tense you're you know you're annoyed at something or frustrated you're like what am i doing like yeah that reality of the most beautiful like aware you know uh clearest consciousness that you had in that moment like that's with you now yep. but you're so distracted and like pulled into just the the show you know yeah. you're, you're you're in the theater watching the action film and you've got the white knuckle grip on the on yeah. the theater no, that's seats it. it's the wrong it's yeah. a, as, as my you know lesson taught me the wrong person's in charge you yeah know, your mind's in charge when that that <clears> being that soul that infinite you know god self should be the run running the show, but yeah. so often not. So often it's not. And most people never, I don't think they never do that. They never experience it or they experience it, but they're not aware of what it's like. And so they attribute it to something else. Right. You know, like that's, I think probably a lot of churches or something like that. They somehow, if they, they say they have some type of experience with, you know, some religious experience with like some Western type of church. Yeah. And it's like, no, you were touching on a plane, but it had nothing to do with all that. That was <laughs> right. just a weird, you just like, luckily you were like lost in the mountains yeah. and you were wandering around and you're covered in scabs and sores and you just kind of like, you had your milky kind of watery eye that was all dehydrated and you, you saw a little bit of sunlight and you uh, pulled it back and then, oh wow, there's a beautiful path. Right? You actually you sort of ended <laughs> yeah. up there. You, yeah, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you went foraging, you should have starved to death, but you sort of, you got lucky. Well, some but, of the some of them have figured out like the the churches that do the kind of ecstatic singing and the yeah. ecstatic, oh, and the breathing yeah. and things like that. Dude, so you're creating these weird states in your mind where that that cognitive filter, like Aldous Huxley talked about, starts to become porous. Yeah, you know, and you start to let in more of that mystic sensation. So and they've utilized that to their advantage all the time. Oh, so totally. they so they give you a piece of this mystical experience. And then put it and then say, aha, you see, that proves that we're right about everything. Yeah. How have you ever experienced this before? Yeah, they're using you know, it for evil. Then, yeah, you know? truly. It's, in they in are, a it's... lot of ways. I mean, now churches are way less evil. But if you take it historically in context, I mean, what's been more evil than the, than the church? Yeah, of I course. I mean, nothing. the deaths caused yeah. either in its name or directly, you know, by sure. Inquisition. Man, I went to a dungeon and it was, was in Italy and I went to a dungeon of the Inquisition. That is the most fucked up place <laughs> yeah. in the fucking world. Yeah, it's like, like being how in an urban do you even fucking think 
of all of these. <laughs> I like the heat <laughs> over Yeah, like Sorry, that. Man. Like that, except for the part where there's the hot pinchers that pull yeah. open your dick. Yeah. And like, what, what possible good reason does the church have for putting a hot pincher in your dick and ripping it open? Like, oh, why? It's a very good like, reason, man. It's because <laughs> nobody... No, I'm serious. I'm sure, I'm sure It's yeah. because they... Like, what else... What would convince you more to not stray from what they want you to be doing than a hot pincher in the dick. <laughs> That's true. You know That's what I mean? True. It's like they just really knew how to commit back then, man. You know, they yeah. were like, we want these people to be doing this, and you know what gets people to, to not do things we don't want is fucking a searing hot in the dick. pain. Yeah. And that's and now it's moved to yep. since we've all become a little bit more aware of our bodies, you know, over the last couple hundred years. Now it's like it's all psychological, man. Yeah, guilt. And that's that's the thing that it I Those just barbs. Yeah, whenever I see people that are, or talk to people that are caught up in that, man, it's it's just so tragic. And you know, and that's I used to like be really aggressive towards religion. Same with me, man. You know, that's I when I was be, in college. I yeah. was fucking pissed. I was, man. Like, I was livid. Yeah, you know, could, I was I was gonna be the next Christopher Hitchens, even though I didn't know who that was. Like, I yeah. was fucking mad. Totally, man. And yeah. you know, that's and I realized that you know, it's I used to be I just resented it and was mad at it because I thought there's all these people that their entire lives, man, they're just like scared and they don't ever feel yep. the beautiful pleasure of like whenever I walk outside and I go, holy fuck. Like yep. I'm a person, I'm, there's a brain and a meat body on a planet floating in the middle of the universe. Like that's how I feel every single day, you know? And it's like, if you can't, you know, people go their whole lives without understanding just the, the majesty and beautifulness of the cosmos, man. And just feel their, like feel your feet on the earth and feel the earth touching you back, you know? You're sewn right into the fabric of the cosmos, man. And well, they, can't they feel take that, away that you know? whole thing. They they take away that experiential connection to the mystic. You yeah. know, and that's that's something that all the shamans hammer in. They're like, our our beliefs are experiential. You can go out there and find them for yourself. We're not gonna tell you, you know, we're not gonna tell you what's up. You're gonna go see it for yourself. And the church is they don't want that. You of know, course. because they're because then you start to see through the veil that they've carefully created. You, so they create yeah. this fucking they're the intermediary between the mystic, you know, like so they can communicate, but you have to go through them. It's just fucking yeah. unreal that they've so that they've basically, you know, cut that part off of humanity. So we have all these people who are living, you know, without one third of what it really truly is to be a human. And yeah. that's and that's yeah. also that's the that's the fucking part that helps you decide everything else. You know, that's where that's the heart of morality. Sure. You know, that's the heart of where you figure out what is right and what is good. And they've just cut that off. And guess yeah. what? Not only have they cut that off, they've made the ways to find it illegal. Yeah. You know, like once you're out of it too long, like you yeah. can fucking meditate all you want, but yeah. you need an earth mover. You know, you need the big tractor trailer yeah. to come in and take off fucking heavy amounts of dirt so you can go back and find and reconnect. And that shit's illegal. You yeah. got to go to fucking Peru or Costa Rica or wherever, or, or just have a cool buddy give you some <laughs> yeah. mushrooms. But even still, you're taking a risk, you know, and it's, yeah. it's bullshit. And people are scared of it. Not only is it illegal, but they propagandize it oh, as well. Oh, you, you have to. You have to. <laughs> you know, and that's, it's like the church, you know, th those type of institutions, man, religious institutions and other different things like that. It's like whenever I see those, I'm just like, well, that's a... Line up, line up, everybody, and pay it to get your spiritual amputation. You know, you yeah, go in there yeah, and they're yeah. like, all right, that guy's, let's take off his spiritual legs and fucking get, put a hot poker on that to sear it so it can't grow back and yeah. move along. Give us your, you know, 10% of your income. Yeah, it's like baptizing is drowning it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, your third eye is open. Sweet. Let me douse it in yeah. water until you fucking wake up and it's dead. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, man. You ever have like, I think a great, as far as people that, you know, are trying to get into meditation and stuff, you know, it's, I think that's the best way to like clear the, 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 the runway, you mm-hmm. know, to clear, just to get all the debris off your own runway to get ready to take off, you know? And, and yes. After, after the fucking major boulders and piles of shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. are cleared off. I mean, I, I don't think people can effectively meditate until they've at least experienced you know, the other side, at least experience mm-hmm. what true being is. You it's know, because meditation, identify. yeah, they don't really know what they're going for. Yeah. You know, like I'm, you know, I meditate with people and they're like, well, how do you do it? I can't meditate. I don't. Because you've never been to where you're trying to get yeah. that, that place where you release all thoughts and release your mind and release everything and you find yourself in alignment and connection. They've never experienced it. So they're just like, well, I, I'm not supposed to think about anything and I'm not supposed to fall asleep. So we're going to try this out. You know, and maybe yeah. they feel a little better, but I think really the first, the first step is getting people to experience that, like really getting them to feel what it is to just be mm-hmm. and connect. And I, I really think, you know, the plant teachers are one of the only ways to do that because we're going to start off way out of balance anyways, unless you're in a really lucky situation where you have a very you know, spiritually tuned in family and live out in the fucking, Which, in the bush somewhere. Yeah, I've never and, met one of someone yeah, that's come yeah. from that family. <laughs> you know, my, one of my good friends is, is, uh, is Bodie Miller and he's not like trained spiritually at all, but he grew up in a house that had no running water. He's an Olympic skier. I don't okay, know if you know who that is. Um, but he grew up in a house that had no running water and out in the middle of New Hampshire. And he basically didn't have much supervision, but he was just outside all day, either on the mountain by himself, going up, wow. cruising down, or running through creeks, or out in the forest, or, you know, and he was, as a teen, he's like making his own sweat lodges and figuring it out. And somehow being that, you know, that has instilled kind of a, a centeredness to him that's unlike almost anybody I've met. <clears throat> and I think so it is possible to get that by just living in nature, yeah. being, figuring shit out, because nature is, is the ultimate teacher you know so he doesn't he wouldn't need you know some massive psychedelic experience to realign him like he grew up with it like he's well aware of it almost like a native american who walks his feet on the earth every day you know like they don't need to take a fucking grip of mushrooms to feel it they can do that you know once they're already there they take that and then it's like rocket fuel you know they're ready to really take off and and figure shit out but it is possible to live in alignment if you started that way but most of us are not started yeah. that way. You know, we're shoes, we're, we got our Jordans on the pavement and a bunch of fucking television and video yeah. games and all kinds of shit. So at that point, the only thing I think that can really realign you in a massive way is one of the plant medicines sure. and under the guidance of a good shaman. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like all of those things you're talking about him being, you know, on this, basically getting to hang out on the side of a mountain as a yeah. young child and yeah. like seeing that mountain and seeing the sky and the stars and everything. Yeah, that is the immediate contrast that you need with yourself to understand that you're a part of all of that. Yep. It, there's an infinity there between a loop between you and it, and you are it. Yep. But in our culture, you know, where we live, there's like in between the nature and like the self, there's all of this shit right here, which are the cars, the video games, the shoes, the, yeah. the handbags, yeah. the fancy hotels, and all you know, whatever you have. And those are all the material things, all the distractions, man. You know, and it's a really, you know, how could somebody? ever just be born into a normal family and, you know, without some type of extreme experience, see through all of that. It's, it's so heavily programmed and it's so heavily, uh, you know, um, just aimed at everybody that, you know, 
that just every normal person out there. And that's why I was kind of talking about meditation being a good first step for people. Like if somebody just like random guy, mm-hmm. you know, that knows not has read none of the you know the books that you and I have probably read, right? And had none of these thoughts, and not because he's not capable, but just because he's just been, he's just a guy. Like he's just living his life sure. and doing what he thinks right, you know. And I'll kind of tell someone like that, you know, meditation is a good place to start like looking. Like you can start looking for those things and you don't even have to do anything. I'll say like, just sit, just sit for 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night. And just, that's it. You don't have to, don't try and not think about anything because that's the infallible way of making sure to think about something, you know? And so I just sit for a while and just keep doing that. And eventually you know, after like a couple of weeks and you're doing your 15 minutes just sitting, then all of a sudden you'll be like, you know, oh, oh, wait a second. I think, <laughs> you know? I think, you're, I think you're right there. I mean, I think Aldous, like Aldous Huxley said, there was a, you know, doing psychedelic work is like a banquet. You know, it's like a feast. You know, it takes a while to prepare. You, you know, get a ton of material in your system and it takes a little while to recover. You know, whereas meditation is like your daily sustenance. Yeah. But I really think that a lot of these people, you know, they don't even know what kind of food they're looking for. So oh, they're sure. out there trying to meditate. They're just smearing food all over their <laughs> yeah. face. And, you know, but by doing that, you know, yeah, something's going to get in your mouth. Yeah. You know, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. eventually you're going to you're going to figure it out a little bit. But, um, man, it's just way easier once you've already once you've already seen that other way. But, oh, of course. Man. But, you know, I mean, I'm the last person to say don't meditate no matter how fucked up you are because just that that sense of stillness you know even if you're not really aligning with the other just quieting the mind for a minute you know is is something remarkable I mean so many people even that moment before bed they'll fall asleep with the goddamn TV on yeah or reading you know Facebook or whatever yeah or whatever so it's like they don't even have that moment right before bed where you get to kind of process some thoughts and drift naturally into sleep it's like Input, 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 input from some, you know, external input, yeah. and then blackout, you know, and then they wake up and they're back at it again, and it's just they never get that moment. So, yeah. you know, meditation is extremely valuable, and it's going to become, you know, more valuable as technology gets fucking more crazy. Yeah, man, that's I mean, that's what I try and think about is you know, you get so used to your own reality, you know, you get so used in the things that, and it's like this, it's like working on this mixer. Yeah. To me, like a mixer is, I know it like the back of my hand, you know, and what all the things do. But whenever, you know, you're looking at it, it's like, oh, what's that do? What's that do? And you learn really quickly, but it's like, you weren't familiar with it all. And right. so if you think about like our different reality maps in that moment where, you know, I knew it was all familiar to me and it seemed like second nature, but then you needed to learn it right quick. Yep. And, you know, it's has obviously you're a very intelligent person, but it's just that you hadn't been familiarized with that type of system. Yep. And that's how like the the expansion of consciousness is for a lot of people. So whenever I try and talk to friends of mine or people that I meet, I remember, OK, like they don't know how to work this mixer. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? They need, to, they need to be shown really quick. And you got to find a starting point. You know, it's like um, if I came in here and started, you know, it was like, hey, how are you doing? Let's talk about like triode, pentode, harmonic enhancements and stuff. And yeah, sound. I, I would have thought you were a dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not only would have thought I was a dick, but then you'd be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Get out of here. Yeah. It's like, why would I do that? And so I think it's the same type of thing. Is like I try and find these starting points where I remember, oh, yeah, like, I think about this thing, stuff all day long, every single day. Like I'm so disembodied at this point. Like I, this is a little joke of mine is I'll be like brushing my teeth and I'll go over to my girlfriend and be like, Hey, 
the alien is scrubbing its head hole again. You know, it's like, that's not fucking, like, detached to him. Um, but, you know, most people, man, they never have a thought like that. Or they think it's funny or weird or something. But So it's yeah. like, I try and think of these ways to get people just to kind of take that first step. And that's like, I think meditation is a cool thing because you can't really go up to, like, your, you know, your uncle or something or, you know, and go, hey, man, you should try seven grams of mushrooms, you know? You got to be Depends like, on your uncle. Well, of course, but, you know, you got to be like, hey, you know, you should, uh, you know, you should try, like, meditating. Just sit. Yeah. And resting the body, man. You know, if you can get that, your vehicle to rest a little bit and to get centered, then the mind is the next thing that kicks in, you know? And, uh, you know, it's a good... That's another thing. I mean, people take such shit care of their bodies. Yeah. You know, and I actually think yoga is a pretty good form of active meditation because sometimes you need that, you need that external distraction or not external. I mean, it's it's internal, it's your body, but you need that physical stimulus distraction to kind of help quiet the mind sometimes. Yeah. Um, So I would, I would highly recommend, I always recommend yoga. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, it's something physical. It's good for their body. It's stretching out, you know, pockets and muscles and things that need to be stretched. And it's also, you know, a good way to find meditation. I mean, Shavasana has been, which is the final rest period for those who don't do yoga at the end of most good yoga. You know, you lay down there. It's called corpse pose. And you lay down your palms up and your heels open and you just kind of receive. And at that point, your body's kind of exhausted. You sweat a lot. At least I go to hot yoga. So you sweat a lot and you feel really good and you can travel you know, you're just light, you know, you can travel fast Man. and far in those kind of short meditations. They go three yeah. minutes and you, they say, all right, now, you know, got another class coming in. You're like, whoa, you know, <laughs> Man, like I'm a little always... mini DMT trip. Yeah. You're taking there. I mean, it's just uh, fucking fast. Man, I'm always in corpse pose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just any, any time of day, man, yeah. no matter what I'm doing, <laughs> I'm like, just look at that silly little meat sock. Yeah. You know, it's just full of, it's just got this little squirty ego in there, man. It's just wandering around, you know, this, this dead, you know, this, this dead little, uh, meat sock, man, just trying to, you know, move this light along. I had this crazy, I'll tell you about this really quick. I had this crazy dream. Um, it was this lucid dream, probably thanks to the alpha brain. All right. I'd like to hear it. (laughs) And oh, as a quick digression, man, I had no idea that Alpha Brain was based in in Austin. Yeah. And uh, after I heard about it, and I ordered the first one to try it out, uh, it got to me in like a day. You're like, damn, that customer. Yeah, service I was is like, good. I was like, holy shit, man, these guys are like, did, did they give him the postman this shit too? Yeah. Or what? But then I saw it was based in Austin. Like, we oh, could wow. almost, we could almost hide Howard slingshot to the house, actually. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we'll, we'll work on yeah, that delivery it. system next time. So uh, anyway, man, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I had some alpha brain, you know, and then uh, I had this dream where it was one of these super lucid things, where I totally felt awake during it, and I was just laying there. And I'd done, you know, uh, I'd gotten really deep on, you know, I do what I call like lazy yoga every day, (laughs) which is just like, it's kind of like different resting postures. So you're not like going crazy where you're, you know, trying to lick your own asshole or anything, (laughs) but you're definitely stretching the extremities. Which is the goal of all yoga, actually. (laughs) Of course. Have you seen some of those babas over there, man? That's the type of stuff they do. They're like, I'm enlightened. I can like put a pencil around my dick and twist it 80 times or whatever. (laughs) And that's like them showing off. And it's like, man, that's an interesting goal, my friend. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I I did some real, real deep, you know, uh, vibrations, you know, and really lowered it down, you know, Uh or sped it up, however you want to say so I was in bed and, you know, had this dream that was like just this body and I was laying there and it felt like a, like a kind of like a salvia thing or something where it's this 
oh yeah, you know, this, the XYZ axis of space and time is just right here, you know, hanging out and you can see like there's blackness for, you know, 100,000 feet, you know, on all sides around you, kind of that type of thing. And I was laying there and I had these gigantic hands, these huge hands like coming down and like messing with my body. And I was... That's your uncle, fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn, I shouldn't have. I gave him the wrong capsules. I gave him the ecstasy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I felt these giant hands like messing with my body. And uh, I was thinking, oh, what's going on? It was like fixing, like tinkering, like my body was uh-huh. uh, like a machine. Yep. And it started communicating through just kind of these vibrations through, through the hands into me, telling me that it was like, don't worry your consciousness is this light inserted into this vehicle, which is your body. And I'm just helping you out because you're doing a good thing. Like what you're doing with your life is you're, you're, you know, doing what we need you to do. And so I'm basically going to repair your vehicle a little bit. And it was like, there's also some kind of rotten part of your spirit inside. I'm going to help kind of like if something is burned and you can knock off the ashes and then kind of, okay, well that's still burned, but it doesn't have all the gnarly stuff hanging on. It was like, I'm going to take that gross kind of corroded part of your soul away and fix that. And it was like, I'm going to fix you up because what you're doing is basically your, your life, uh, your body is just, is just a, is a nonsensical vehicle thing. And the, what we do is we are on this other plane where we take these little light consciousness things, drop them into these bodies, and then they run their course on this plane in order to generate energy for this other plane. Whoa. And so it goes, the more times that you do this and you do your service and you can figure out how to generate the right type of energy and vibration for this plane, you'll eventually get graduated up into other more intense because you have the ability to to generate more energy and then eventually you'll get to a place where you start helping others and repairing others and help a bunch you get assigned a bunch of smaller people to help you know control them so he was like you're on the right path and i'm kind of like we don't fix things like vehicles normally but i'm going to fix you and help you get ready for the next half of your life that is a powerful dream my friend that it was sounds, amazing that sounds extremely psychedelic you know i mean it and i guess it just attests to the fact that when you're you know, doing your earnest to stay aligned and stay open, you know, something as simple as sleep can give you as profound a psychedelic experience as any of these medicines can do. I mean, that's a testament to that there. It's funny that you say that because at at a certain point in an early, early mushroom trip I had, and I haven't really paid much attention to this, to this belief system um, either, but it came to me in this early trip and it was remarkably similar to what you were saying. It was basically saying that, you know, by spreading that life force energy, you know, that which is good, you know, which is our ultimate goal in being this, not only to experience everything in the physical, in the physical realm, but also to promote life and promote good and promote love, you know, by generating that energy, that was actually the force that was carrying our universe out farther in its expansion. And at the point where life stopped doing that, that's the point where the, the energy of the universe ran out of steam and actually started to collapse on itself again. That's interesting. And so it was a really kind of similar thing that I had, uh, and I haven't really thought too much about it because, I don't know, it just you just kind of brought it up mm-hmm. here. I mean, I, certain aspects of it have <clears throat> been re- you know repetitive themes in my experiences, like the Aboga experience with where I viewed uh, the universe as the heartbeat of God, and God was running because, you know, that whole I, I don't need to repeat that whole thing. Well, maybe I should. Well, anyway, so I, I viewed <clears throat> I viewed the universe when I asked the Boga. I was like, "What's the nature of the universe and infinity?" And I saw these planets expelling out. It's like boom, you know. And I saw all the planets going and going. 
And then I saw them eventually running out of energy. And when they ran out of energy, they started to collapse on themselves. And then boom, another big boom in life and all of its creations and all of its glory came out, spiraling out again. And obviously this takes place over trillions, billions, billions of trillions of years or whatever. It transcends time. <laughs> it transcends time, exactly. But all of that was then contained inside a giant heartbeat. And that heartbeat was in this translucent blue titan, which I understood to be God. And God was running on this track. And God's running was giving the energy for the heartbeat to keep pumping. They kind of fueled fueled themselves. And I understood at that point that God's love was the commitment to keep running, you know, to keep this, <coughs> keep this heart pumping, keep life going and life flowing. So some themes, you know, have stayed, stayed with me. And the one of the universe, the energy of the universe going out and then, you know, collapsing, that's been one of my earliest truths. But then the idea that we were actually generating that energy <coughs> was something I kind of dropped along the way. But now that you bring it up, it's kind of a, a curious thing to think about and um you know probably in some way maybe not in this kind of direct correlation like i first saw it or maybe like your dream said but you know maybe there is some some aspect of that you know maybe it's not only that it gives it energy but it's why it exists in the first place you yeah. know you do that it all exists so you can do that you know so that you can push that energy out there in the universe it's an interesting way to think about it yeah i mean that's kind of what i was talking about earlier about you know <clears throat> If you can put out more than you're taking in, uh -huh. you know, that seems to not only just be the best way to, you know, live your life, but it also, you know, the more you do that, the more things kind of come to you. And I've always had this weird kind of problem with that where people say, man, if you just do good and you keep being good, you know, and you, and you do things for the right reasons, like good things will happen to you. That feels a little weird to me, you know, because it's like, well, I'm not doing it because I want good things to happen to right. me. I don't care what happens to me. Right. Like, I don't need anything good to happen to me. Like, I'm totally, right. I'm fine. I'm just chilling <laughs> right. in my meat body, man. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't need anything else, you know? Um, and so, uh, but anyway, if you can, you know, if, if everyone can get to that type of place where they're, they're putting out more than they're taking in, then it's going to generate more of that type of energy and add more to the expansion or to the, you know, where the, the power transformer for some other dimension of yeah. sentient ancient beings, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. I mean, it seems intuitively, it feels like the path, you know, yeah. and uh, getting all those vibrations in sync. I don't know, you know, the, the next question, of course, is like, for what purpose? And it's like, if we are generating energy for these ancient beings in the DMT world or this other, you know, layer of the fat, you know, universe, or we're generating energy to make the universe expand, like you were talking about, like, to what end, you know? That's that's a question that's never been never been difficult for me, and uh, and that goes to the very meaning of life. You know why? Why are we here? Because it's fucking magic here. Yeah. You know what? It's fucking magic here. You get to love. You get to laugh. You get to cry. You get to fight. You get to fuck. You get to smell. You get to eat. You know, you don't get to do any of that shit in the spirit world. I'm know? dirty. I do all those things at once. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Sam sandwich crying, <laughs> laughing, fucking, smoking, eating. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, that's that's why, man. I mean, there there doesn't there's magic here. There's yeah. real, real magic here. Absolutely. And when you have that, you know, when you're in that kind of universal, you know, perfect truth of God, you know, there's there's some bliss, but there's not that fucking magic. Yeah, those, you know? those bliss ninnies you got to watch out for, man. Yeah. The people, it's like you're talking about the people that uh, go around. I can't remember if we are talking about this before we started recording or not, but... No, I think it was on the podcast. Okay, yeah. the people that say, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really... Uh, 
working, uh, you know, my, my optimum to dissolve my ego. Right. You know, and that's like what it's like, come on, man. Those are the people that are the most, they're way more arrogant most than egotistical. like a sports star. You know, yeah. it's because you're, you're, you're like a snake with its tail in its mouth, man. Walking yeah. around going, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm so ho- much holier than you. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, I've really found the secret. It's like, man, if you can even define the secret, then you need to reassess because the secret has no definition. Yep. It's like the, 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 you know, it's just the state of being is, is what's beautiful and what's magnificent, you know. And I totally agree and love that idea of living just to, you know, be here and to be now and just observe this, just the multiplicity of just fireworks that yeah. it is just being awake you know, and yep. You know, I think that's, that's, that's it. And and to go back to kind of another point that you were just saying, you know, I think, so there's the people who are, you know, affecting spiritual, you know, those pseudo spiritual and they're the fucking worst. (laughs) But then, you know, there's another, there's another group that I think are missing it too. And those are the ascetics. You know, those are the people who are denying themselves all of the earthly enjoyments. And, you know, I think Carlos Castaneda said it, said it well, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, um, denying oneself is an indulgence. It makes you feel like you're doing great things when really you're just focused on yourself. Absolutely. You know, so you think like, oh, I'm, I don't have sex and I don't eat and I don't, you know, abstaining is an addiction. Yeah, exactly. And, and you feel like you're doing this magnanimous thing. What are you doing? You're just not fucking and not eating. Like, who's that (laughs) helping you? Only you. It's not helping anybody else. So you feel like you're you know, doing some incredible thing just because other people aren't doing it, but really you're just focused on yourself. Why don't you help another motherfucker? Yeah. You know, it's like stop, stop spending all of your time doing something that makes you feel good for some reason, which is the abstaining part, you know, and actually go help somebody. Yeah. If it's funny that someone that spends their, their whole story, their whole, like what they're about is the middle way is like got the you know they're jerking the wheel in the car <laughs> they're they're like scrubbing the wheel to the curb man yeah. they're like oh yeah I'm the middle way I'm so centered and so focused and I you know am walking this path of enlightenment and I'm not bothered by food or by sex or <laughs> yeah. by attachment it's like man you're just doing the opposite of having lots of sex and lots of food. it's <laughs> right. like if you were in the middle way man just find the balance between both of those things. It's like all exactly. things are weighted, you know? Exactly. And as you said, it's just this weird form of ego trip where it's like, oh, yeah, I can't be bothered with that. I'm fasting. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. unless you're doing that because you're, don't, you're not comfortable enough with your body to get a colonic, man. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, you're just wasting time. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, that's why I, I kind of used to really, really well, be... Or just, or just fucking do it. <clears throat> don't talk about that's, it. Like, man, like if you're is, just going to... Yeah, if yeah. you're going to fast, great. That's you know, it. Just don't make a big deal about it. That is it. That you is know? it. That's why, I, man, that, I think about that and talk to people about that all the time. I'm like, I, you know, a lot of people I run into, I never talk about stuff like this. Yeah. You know, because, like, why would you? Like, it, just do. Do what you're doing and live your life and try and, you know... Uh, do all of those things we've been talking about, but there's no reason to everyone you meet. Oh, hi, how are you? Yeah, I was thinking about uh, you know the the most bizarre detached level of consciousness earlier. Let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. It's right. like what kind of asshole? It's like me <laughs> right. walking in here talking about some crazy sound shit with you straight off. It's like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Just do your stuff, you know. And uh, well, it's th- like any professional you meet, any like really professional. 
that you meet. And and like like Stephen Pressfield said, he talks about professionals in, in the war of art. It's fantastic. Yeah, book. yeah. But a real professional, you're not going to know what they do right off when you meet them. You yeah. know, like if it's a professional tennis player, they're not going to meet you and be like, hey, guess what? I just won Wimbledon seven years <laughs> yeah. ago. You know, did you know that about me? I think, oh, your thighs look and, like that fucking boar outside. <laughs> yeah. You must be a tennis player. Yeah, you know, and it... But it goes with anything, like fighters, whoever, totally. like a real professional. Artists, man. Artists, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. Like a really good artist, you know, they're going to be like, they'll maybe a little weird. And you might be like, oh, what's up that guy? But he's not going to be, be ranting about what he does. Yeah. You know, you're just going to find that out later from some other buddy. Like, oh, by the way, that's a best-selling author. Or, oh, totally. by the way, that dude's painting just sold for two fucking mil. L- yeah, let you me know? tell you a hilarious story regarding this very same thing. So I'm not going to say who or where or when, but years ago, um, whenever I was do, performing at this little show, right, it was like a bunch of different, you know, avant-garde artists come together and do this, like, you know, experimental music type thing. And uh, so <laughs> this one guy, you know, he gets off the bus and uh, or the van, you know, someone got him from the airport and he comes walking over. And uh, this person that was putting together said, hey, this is Corey Allen. Do you guys know each other? And uh, of course, you know, I was just like, hey, how are you? And the guy just, you know, kind of pushed up his Ray-Bans and, and sl- slithered on inside. I hate him already. And walked I by. Hate him already. He just slid, he slid right on by, man, and didn't say anything. And I thought, oh, oh okay, you know, all right, man, you know. And so then this other guy pops out, uh, this this uh, Japanese guy. He's like, hey, how are you? Hey, how's it going, man? Do you want, How are you? Nice to meet you. You know, I thought, oh, great to meet you, too. And, you know, it was like we had known each other forever. You know, yeah. we were just like hanging out, talking, like, hey, you want to go grab some food? All right, cool, cool, cool. So then <laughs> during the show, this, uh, this uh, percussionist, I'll say it's Tatsuo Nakatani, is this amazing Japanese percussionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets in there and he just is like a beast, man. He's like barbecuing the brain's chakras, <laughs> just doing the most crazy, you know, one man drum thing. It's just this orchestra of the yeah. most beautiful sounds, you know. And uh, this other guy, Mr. Ray Bands, that just that slid on past me and ignored me, his thing was. Um, he had some old, you know, like those old white computer monitors from the 90s that you'd like clip onto the side of your monitor. Right. He had those and a cassette player and a tape of piano recordings, and he was f- pressing play and holding fast forward to get the tape to to squeal. <laughs> so that is a beautiful example yep. for just the spiritual world, man. It's like the people with, that are the most in tune are the most human and the most subtle and That's most it. loving. And the people that are the most out of tune or involved with their ego, they need to put on this show because they're lacking in real substance. you know. Yep. And someone that's a wealth of substance and a wealth of energy, they don't need to talk about it. I mean, I know like whenever I came in here and we met, I, I didn't even worry about it. I was like, I can feel this guy's, like, I can feel his, his energy. I can feel he's grounded. I have no worries about coming into some dude's house to help right. him because I thought, you know, he was going to have a cool podcast. I wanted to help him get it going. You know, yeah. I wasn't worried about it at all. Yeah, and you get it. It's it's important to have that sense. So for so many people, that whole sense is is gone. You know, like yeah. they've lost that kind of ability to kind of read someone's someone's energy. I think, you know, obviously you have it, and I think you know I have it as well. I know Joe Rogan has it too. His is his is strong. You know, I mean, and and I think. You, you can just get a sense about somebody pretty quickly, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's the ultimate, you know, first survival instinct that, yeah, exactly. that we've kind of somehow lost. But I think it's just it's a matter into of, the TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just we're too numb. We got too much yeah. filth on our apertures, you know, we can't totally. see that shit. But I mean, that's, that's important. People should be able to kind of sync up like that 
easier than they are, but everybody's very guarded, you know? So you're both not only keeping your energy in, you're trying not to give a fuck about what everybody else's energy is yeah. because most of the time it's fucked up and you don't want to take it in. And that stuff you is, know, man, so. energy is so contagious. I was talking to my brother about this uh, a couple of days ago where, you know, uh, positive energy is, is just as contagious as negative energy, though, you know, and you can walk into a room and that's, you know, that's what I always try and do, man, is just churn that love butter straight out of my chest, you know, <laughs> just feel it, absorb all the energy and just churn that love butter straight out, man, and serve it up, you know. Be careful saying and, love butter on your chest. <laughs> all right, I'll just give you a warning now. I'm comfortable with myself, man. I'll say whatever, you know, I'll, say, I'll, I'll turn the right on my face, love butter. <laughs> Yeah, wherever, wherever you I want. Mean, it's sometimes, occasionally, accidentally, you'll churn some love butter on your own chest, but it's so, always a bummer when that happens. Like, so you just get a piece of bread and toast no. it, wipe it up. It's not Vegemite. It not. <laughs> so anyway, you know, it's like you can, uh, you know, like energy is so contagious, and that's a uh, my the friend I was talking about who is like what I would say he's like a shaman or a complete being. That mm -hmm. I know, you know. Um, that guy is so contagious. It's it's amazing. Like. The first time we ever met, I was just shopping through like jazz records, and he was looking through jazz records. Like I said, he's this older dude. He was ex Black Panther, mm -hmm. like back in the seventies in Philly, and uh, we were started talking. And I was like, "Man, this guy's got a crazy vibration," you know. Yeah. And so we started talking and stuff, and then before we know it, he's like, "Hey, man, let me give you my home address and phone number if you ever want to hang out." And I was like, "I've never had anybody, a stranger, just give me their address." Yeah. And he's like, I got 10 kids and I homeschool them all, man. You can come over. We'll, we'll break bread. It's like a, we got a crazy tribe over here. And I'm like, wow, who is this guy? Yeah. And I wrote my phone number down and I just felt this inexplicable like I'd known him forever. And I wrote my phone number down. He looks at it. He starts laughing. I was like, what? He's like, man, that was my number when I was in jail for, for blowing up a draft board office. Your phone number was my cell number. Weird. And I was like, whoa. I mean, his, you know, his, his, his uh, person his jail yeah, number. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow. But this guy, man, he's one of these dudes where I've, you know, I've never experienced anything like it, and, and never since. Where he just like, he'll come, he'd come over, you know, we'd talk. He'd come over at six p.m. and he'd be over until eleven a.m. and we just do this. We just yep. talk like this all the time. And somehow I had all the energy in the world, and I felt like high from it. You know, I would just feel stoned from his presence, and you know, it's, he's just such an overflowing of that type of energy that. It was so contagious and so infectious, and it stuck with me. You know, it stuck. You know, I, I was a lot of the you know negative parts of of me. You know, who like you know habits I had and thoughts I had and just energies I had. He, uh, you know, just being in the presence of that type of yeah, it's love. It's like a different tuning fork. Totally, you know? <clears throat> and just, you get caught up in those same absolutely. vibrations, and it changes your tune. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. And he well, he used to tell me that you know he'd be walking around and and he's like, man, I'll go into Whole Foods. And I'll see people with, with, with uh, rabbit ears and three legs and uh, you know four eyes and stuff. And I was like, "All right, you know this guy's he uh, he might uh, you know he's in, it's interesting, you know yeah. it's interesting." But then years later, you know seven years later, or whatever, I'll find myself walking through there, and I will I realize he was speaking metaphorically as like each individual is is just this. Like it basically is just like breaking down um, the the barrier of judgment 
so mm-hmm. much that you see someone for what they are. You see this hairless, weird creature that's like has these holes all over its body that's excreting all these toxins and fluids and stuff, like shuffling around, trying to like rustle through some shelves to get some food to, you know, put in this open wound it's got yeah. in its head, you know. And it's it's it is just that weird, you know. But yeah. um, well, it's the art. It's the art of seeing. It's one yeah. of the oldest, you know, one of the oldest powers that these shamans had is yeah. the art of seeing and they all describe it a different way but you know being able to sense and see that with your third eye is a uh, immensely valuable Absolutely. An immensely valuable skill and i think to get there you know you have to do some of the other stuff we've been saying oh, you know sure. you got to align yourself you got to hit that point of experiential being you know you got to find the isness you know where we started this whole this whole really cool podcast that came out of a fucking sound test which <laughs> is right. another cool thing but you got to you got to know what that isness is you got to know what it is to just be you got to be open to those vibrations you yeah. got to take care of your body so it's not pushing out bad stimulus yeah. that's clouding up the way preventing you from being in that sense of being cuz you know when you're sick or when you're hurting or when something's like that yeah. you can't just be you got some fucking nagging nerve ending or pain or annoyance that's constantly bothering you it's way harder to transcend that so take care of your body absolutely be open to that meditate find the experience get out there and and meet cool people that can help you know help your vibrational field yeah improve as well totally it's only only robert and tom wilson can have an illness and be positive about it yeah (laughs) neocloonism you know post-polio syndrome being like talking and saying oh you know i you know, I, I guess uh, it's really made me you know, empathetic to other people's pain. So I guess you can get a lot out of it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, wow. look, everything, everything in life is a challenge. There are yeah. no blessings, no curses. You know, that's the mo- the, and so you just have to overcome that challenge. But you don't need to go finding and seeking extra <laughs> yeah. challenges. You yeah. know, there's plenty. There's plenty out there. They're you know, right might there. as well, might as well give your body the best chance it fucking can. You know, Absolutely. really take care of it. And then look, if you do come up with a challenge, you could beat it. You yeah. know, you can, you can have. Um, you know, I guess polio is what you're saying. You can be an extremely positive person. I mean, you can get in a nasty car wreck and bounce back and be better for it. That's that's all that's all possible. But do your best not to be there. Keep yeah. your third eye open. Keep your body healthy. That's people. right. And it's just because it's the you know it's the light of consciousness is existing in your body. Whatever happens to that vehicle, man, it doesn't matter because yep. that light, nothing can can harm or or you know hurt physically that light that's in in your own mind and whatever happens to your body doesn't matter but an important point is you know uh, just quickly as what i was saying about how contagious energy is good and bad you know mm-hmm. um an example is like if you were having a party here and and everyone's having a good time and having drinks and there's nice music and it sounds so relaxed. foreign like i don't think I, <laughs> I can't even imagine that all right but go ahead and uh you know i walk in and i'm like aubrey i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> The place would go silent, and everyone would go. Oh no, my. you don't know. No, my okay. Place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that would let's, be really fun. Let's, let's say uh, uh, a place that didn't have spears on the walls <laughs> and an archery range yeah, out back, and, a, and, and uh, an underground shooting range <laughs> coming soon, uh, and a bunch of training equipment. All right, let's say someone who isn't a a, right. a, a modern samurai. Right. <laughs> let's say someone who's just a normal <laughs> normal dude. Anyway, so the point is. You, know, you walk in there and you do that the the room's gonna go cold everyone's gonna tighten up you know and go oh my god and this negative wave of energy is gonna go you know flowing through there and bounce sure. off the walls like that is super contagious energy because you've walked in and you've manifested that negativity and just blasted it out of you and it's hit everyone and like that stuff people are sponges man it's gonna all absorb into them yep you can do that the opposite yep. turn that around you walk into a room and express that same amount of positivity man it's just as contagious 
And if everyone is, is going around, you know, expressing that level of positivity and just love and caring and optimism for everyone that they're around, that's a step in the right direction. You know, indeed it is worth keeping in mind. Indeed it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. So, uh, well, look, man, this has been a fucking real unexpected pleasure. I mean, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to do this. I think, uh, you know, one of those serendipitous alignments that, uh, that yeah. just kind of came about. So uh, I really appreciate it. Corey Allen, is there anything, uh, any way people can, can find you, get a hold of you, or, or anything like that? Would you like to tell the people? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, you can listen to a little bit of music of mine at Corey, C O R Y Allen, A L L D E N dot com. That's where some music is. And then my record label, Quiet Design, you can check out some of that lovely music. It's uh, quietdesign.us. And then you can also come to Twitter. And uh, read my conversations with other people, or actually have a conversation with me personally. And that's uh, just at Quiet Design, all one word. And uh, yeah, you know, I'd love to love to talk to anyone that was listening to this. I'd love to to talk to you. So right on, brother. All right. Well, it's good times, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you all next week at Warrior Poet US. Warrior Poet US is the blog. I'll catch y'all later. Peace, everybody. Peace. Turn that love butter.